Welcome to the Life Gets Better Now podcast with Mary Hayes Greco. Today we're talking about the upside of anger part one. Yay. <laughs> I know you've been waiting to hear about anger. Well, what about the anger part? Yeah. And, uh, and we're going to have a whole series on ang- anger because it's such well, a big topic. To. You just yeah. have to. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. That's great. Um, I'm Erin Warhol. I'm the producer of this podcast, and I'm here with forgiveness expert Mary Hayes Greco. So Good to Mary, be here again. Yeah, and you love talking about anger, don't you? Well, yeah, because uh, you know it's a uh, it's a vibrant emotion. Yeah, and um, I think we you know we're human. We have emotions. I have a lot of emotions sometimes and anger's anger's a big one and it is the one that people want to talk about when they're talking about resisting forgiveness because they feel like their anger is right and mm. that they should have it and there's there's a reason for that so excellent well we're going to get right into that but first let me tell everyone more about you Mary Mary Hayes Greco is the author of a wonderful book called Unconditional Forgiveness a simple and proven method to forgive everyone and everything Mary is also the director of the Midwest Institute for Forgiveness Training and she's also she in that role you've taught many 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 people how to forgive and your work has taken you all around the world. It has because guess what there's people all around <laughs> the world <laughs> and forgiveness is really a universal human uh, dilemma and um, need. Oh, wonderful. So I just want to let everyone know that the conversation that we're about to have on this Life Gets Better podcast uh, is about helping people make their lives better right now, mm-hmm. right now. And so the the main tool of that is learning how to forgive. Uh, it's the center of the circle, and you call it a path to healing. So that's what we're doing. It is, and it's it's one of those things that's almost like uh, – you know, fish don't know they're swimming in water. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that the reason they're tired or sick or frustrated or annoyed uh, or not really being their full selves has a lot to do with the emotional burdens we're carrying around, mm-hmm. the old resentments mm-hmm. and the stories that we haven't resolved and healed and finished. And it's just so much a part of us, we don't realize it's the, it is what is weighing us down. Mm-hmm. And when you make friends, when you befriend the F word, you make <laughs> friends with forgiveness and you start practicing it on your stories, old and new, you get lighter and happier all the time. And you think, geez, why didn't I do this sooner? Right. I didn't know. Well, and I I say it's a game changer. It is. (laughs) It really is. Because you get less afraid of life once you know that anything that's happening is healable. Mm. And that any person you have to deal with, you can find a way of dealing with them if you know how to forgive them. Well, that is great to hear, and we're going to now dig into today's topic, which is anger. And, you know, some people experience anger as a slow seething, and for other people, it's like really fiery outburst. Um, But everyone experiences anger, right? Everyone has it. It's really part of our makeup. And, you know, that's just not rocket science to know that. We just have to look at the news, and we just have to look at our friends and their divorces, and, and it's just all around us all of the time. So uh, anger is something that is little understood and quite misunderstood. And I'd like to talk about uh, a healthy way of looking at anger. Okay. Now, I I was thinking about this getting ready for for our conversation and just thinking 
that I probably am somebody who doesn't, I don't, like to be angry. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I wasn't raised to really express my anger <laughs> it, huge, like a lot of people. Your family didn't lean over at the supper table and say, tell us more about that, Aaron. <laughs> no, really? And how mad are you? And tell us more about why you're mad. Oh, yeah, I know. You wanted to kill him? All right. I know just what you're saying. They that didn't actually, do that, that was the not the dinner. No, that was no. not the conversation. No. And so as an adult, I think when I do get angry, I, I experience it kind of like a like almost like a concrete wall, like, and, and sometimes it scares me a little bit, you know, like, uh, and so I do have a tendency to kind of just distance myself from it a little bit. So I'm excited about our conversation Mm -hmm. today. Well, in religious terms, a lot of us were raised with the idea that anger is a sin. Mm. Anger is one of the seven deadly sins. And that is true and not true. It's what's not true about it is that anger is good when it's healthy mm-hmm. and anger is a doorway to our power Ooh. it's a doorway it's it's meant it's kind of an, a native uh, signal inside us that there's an injustice afoot there's something wrong here we have an intuitive understanding of fairness and justice and when injustice is happening right in front of us or or wherever we feel like oh wait a minute wait a minute, let's just set that right. And there's like a, yeah. a surge of adrenaline inside us that wants to get up and move mm-hmm. or get up and shout or get up and, and make a change or set something straight. And that is a really healthy uh, impulse. But sometimes we are not in situations where we can just move with the anger. Mm-hmm. It's maybe you're at Thanksgiving dinner and <laughs> the point of the dinner is for family to connect and celebrate and be grateful. And it is not the day for you to stand up and start screaming at your sister across the table. Right. You know, that's, that's not it. But if your sister has been terrible to you your whole life and she's being a pain right now, you start feeling that surge of adrenaline inside you that just wants to shout at her. And in our way of doing forgiveness, you get to. And, mm. uh, but you do it privately. You don't mm. do it in her face. You do it privately. So when you get to really have your anger and say it out the way it is with plenty of language if you want to and f- revenge fantasies if you want to and really entertain it privately and get it out in a verbal and physical way, you move past it to a place of a clarity and understanding how to be with this person and what boundaries to set and how how to handle it differently because it doesn't really mean anything about you, what they're doing. So I like to say that anger is a doorway to walk through, but it's not a house to live in. Oh, okay. If you keep the anger with you and you live in it day after day and it lives in you day after day, it's not a house. It's it. It turns to toxic resentment. Okay. It turns to poison. It turns to stress and disease. Well, so you can't stay there. And that's what that's what I was wondering about because I've already admitted that I'm somebody who's not necessarily so comfortable with my anger, but and I think. I fear that going into my anger that I will just take up residence and that's where I will live. <laughs> we'll stay. And it's, it's hard because, you know, the people around us that maybe you're mad at, you know, one of your kids or your uh-huh. you know, co-worker or something, yeah. it's right in your face every yeah. day. You're like, well, what do I do? So um, there's not a lot of people who are confident, uh, spiritual enough, strong enough that they could actually just stand there and 
listen to your anger and know how to process it appropriately. There's few, too few people who know how to do that. And so that's why we have to do it privately. But I want to take a moment right now to celebrate um, my husband, Fred, who's taught me and who can we can work together with yeah. our anger because, you know, you talked about your fa- in your family. Well, yeah. you know, we didn't do anger, you know, <laughs> and we just sealed it up in a jar or made it be a big wall when we stepped back. <laughs> And I grew up a little bit like that, too. I grew up in a, a wonderful, warm, uh, if if a bit dysfunctional, Irish uh, Catholic home. And we, anger was not okay. It, uh-huh. Nobody was, no, I'm not mad. No, no, no. Oh. You know, and we, we would just stay nice and make a joke out of it and then go and speak bitterly behind someone's back. That's kind of oh, how dear. we handled anger. Yeah. But we never said anything that, we never would say, I am just really mad at you directly about mm-hmm. that. But my husband grew up, um, we're both second generation, so we're pretty close to our ethnic roots. So I'm 100% Irish-American. He's 100% Italian-American. Oh, Well, in his family, they yell, Aaron. They they just yell. If they're mad, they say, what's the matter with you? And they say it loudly. They say it with their hands in your face. And there's shouting, and there's a lot of shouting. It goes back and forth, and usually it doesn't go to fisticuffs or anything, but... When my husband and I were first together and we were having some disagreement, he would feel frustrated with me because I would get very frightened and mad and or little and controlling if he started yelling. And one point, because I would think I felt like it was wrong and abusive. And at one point, he would he taught me. He started he started. You know what? I yell. We yell. When we're mad, we yell. It's okay. Look at me. I'm waving my hands, and I'm saying, oh, my God, you broke my thing. You that you broke that thing of mine. I'm always breaking his thing. Right? <laughs> I break his things, and I don't clean them, and I don't put them away, and I don't remember where I did with them. And, you know, he's very careful with his material possessions, and I'm a little, you know, in the wind with it. So sometimes I lose or dirty or break one of his prize things and he gets mad because yeah. it's a violation. We get yeah. angry when there's some kind of violation. So yeah. he goes, oh, Mary, look what you did. You, Oh, God. If you're going to use the thing, do it. Use it appropriately. You weren't supposed to take my, uh, yeah, my clam knife and use it as a <laughs> screwdriver. You weren't supposed to do that. God, what's the... Oh, so I'm mad, and he's and he's you know he's yeah. kind of walking back and forth, and he's shouting. He's got a big voice, and he's waving his hands, and I'm like, oh, I'm scared, I'm scared. And so one time he began to shout about the thing that I broke, but then he was saying, "Look, I'm just mad. I'm not abusing you. I'm not calling you names. I'm yeah. not saying you're a bad person. I'm not you know I'm not threatening you. I just need to yell." And I sat there cowering and shivering and going, "Okay." Yeah, okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. Oh, ooh, ah, ooh, yeah, <laughs> okay, you know, I'm not a bad person, whatever. So now my husband and I are able to yell at each other. We just did this week, you know. Did you're, you? We're married, you know, what do you expect? <laughs> we're married for 30 years. Just this week we had a, a shouting match. It lasted about 10 minutes, uh-huh. and I shouted, and he shouted, and nobody said, you know, you a-hole, and nobody, you know, said you're always doing, you stupid idiot. Nobody did that. We just shouted. Back and forth, we made our points, and our 18-year-old was kind of in the background, you know, put her earbuds in. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Went back to her television show because she knew that we're going to work things out. <laughs> we had to train her earlier on. Vivi, uh, we're fighting. It's okay. We're not going to hurt each other. We're not getting a divorce. It's not your fault. We're just going to be shouting for a little while. And she's like, okay. And she closed the door. <laughs> 
we'd shout. So anyway, what I'm saying, it's great when you can do that with a friend or a mm-hmm. family member or a spouse, but you not a lot of people can do that. It's, yeah. it's we're not trained. It's right. not hard. So if you're mad at your boss, you probably aren't going to shout at him. Right. You're probably going to say, "Yeah, okay. Well, I yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll do it that way instead." You know. But what you're you're saying is that it still is a doorway. And this is fascinating for me to hear because I if I were in your situation with Fred, I would I would do exactly what you described. I'd be worried about it. I'd cower. I'd try to smooth it over. I'd try to make it stop, you know, and all of that stuff. But let's get back to this is a doorway to your power. It's a doorway to your power. Because when you're angry is because you have felt diminished, belittled, betrayed, Mm -hmm. insulted, uh, disrespected. In some way, that person has broken the law. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's your own personal, your own individual law, how you think people should be, or, or universal laws. There are universal laws that we sense around, oh, you know, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is so wrong. Yeah. That's not right for anybody. So, um, so you feel upset. And uh, if you can really release the adrenaline in, in words and, and real free speech and, and uh uh, unfettered expression, and then move through to releasing your expectation that the person had, would have done something differently at that point, mm-hmm. and uh, move on to opening up to your spiritual strength and wisdom and sending them some goodwill. Mm-hmm. Well, later, if it's appropriate, if it's a friend or a spouse or someone that you can talk to and mm-hmm. you need to because you care about this relationship, you can go back to them and say, you know what, hon, before when you did this, it was hard for me because of this. I'd really appreciate it if next time you would do the, this instead. So, you know, you have communicated then. So it's not forgive and forget. It's forgive and remember, forgive and communicate, forgive and set boundaries, forgive and get stronger. What happens when people don't move through the adrenaline of their anger and instead they're just angry, angry all the time? That adrenaline is spinning around inside you. It's getting triggered by other people and incidents that are some kind of a reflection of this thing that you're upset about. It goes into your stomach. It goes into your back. It goes into your neck. It goes, makes you, gives you a headache. It keeps you awake at night. When you're lying awake at night, spinning, when your brain mm-hmm. is just going, oh, yeah, and what about this? And there was that time of that. And I said, blah, 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 blah. You yeah. go on and on. That kind, that sleeplessness is often adrenaline. It's often that you're mad and you didn't get it out. Or maybe uh, conversely, you you just go after work and you have too many drinks at happy hour, mm-hmm. and you try and numb it out and tell yourself, "Ah, oh, no, it's okay. I don't care. Whatever." But that's not uh, it's not good for you as a sustainable way of dealing with anger. So the upside of anger is that it it's can lead you to a better place. So why don't you? Do you have a story or anything you want to share around forgiveness? Because I think a lot of times people say, I'm angry, I'm not ready to forgive. Right. Well, they're not ready to forgive because they don't want to uh, excuse the behavior. So this is where we have to really get clear about what forgiveness is and isn't. And it isn't excusing and it isn't saying something is wrong. I mean, something is right if we think it's wrong. It's wrong. For us, it's wrong. It stays wrong. But 
we are going to let go of our emotional attachment to that and just hold it loosely like, well, you know, this is one of my values. This is what I, this is how I choose to act and behave and treat people. I don't like what they did. And then you adjust your relationship with people that make you mad consistently. If they make you mad all the time, well, then maybe you don't want to spend that much time with them. Maybe you don't want to spend time with them in certain uh, formats. Or maybe you want to step back and have more of a sense of humor and have your, your kind of uh, spiritual bubble of light around you so that what the things they're doing are sort of bouncing off of you and you're, you're just in your space witnessing it instead of reacting to it. So the upside of anger is that it clarifies for us who we are. What we believe is right, who, who and what we will have in our space, and um, it clarifies in our ongoing healthy relationships, it clarifies our boundaries with each other. Wow. So I know that I cannot take one of Fred's tools and use it for a different purpose than what it was meant for. <laughs> I know that, oh my God, I know that if I borrow his favorite mechanical pencil from his desk drawer or take his scotch tape or his ruler or something from his desk drawer and I don't put it back that within a day or two he's going to be standing in front of me going where is it where's my scissors did you take my scissors and I'm like oh uh uh yeah I I, I took your scissors um um, I need my scissors in my drawer. I told you not to take my scissors away. If you're going to use it, put it back. So that's a rule. And I don't do that anymore. Really, I'm scared. Mm -hmm. I don't. <laughs> because, because he gets right there and stands there and goes, you took something out of my drawer and you didn't put it back. That's his boundary. That's mm -hmm. his right. It's mm -hmm. his territory. It's his mm -hmm. space. So, so I've learned, and that's a silly little example, but that's kind of how it goes, mm -hmm. is that he got mad. He explained to me that's not okay. I need to respect that boundary. Mm, very good. That's very good. So is it also when you're angry a sign that you need to forgive someone? Is that part of it? or? Well, it's a sign that you have to get into right relationship that's with it. yourself okay. and with them. Okay. That, that something's wrong. So you need to communicate with them. If it's somebody that you are in a healthy working relationship with, you need to communicate with them what wasn't good and what you would prefer. And um, if you're angry, I think you need to just let it out and move, move it on. Here's what happens to me when I get angry, because I don't know I'm angry for about two hours because okay, yeah. I was trained to not be angry. Yeah. So here's what happens to me. I'm going along and in a day and suddenly I'm kind of tripping and bumping my head and dropping things and with each one of those little bumps I'm getting madder and I'm going god oh oh damn and I'm getting much more frustrated about these little things than they warrant mm -hmm. and then I realize after the second time that I've bumped my head bit my lip and tripped oh it's because I'm mad yeah I'm mad when how did, what am I mad at? Oh, I got mad two hours ago when this person did this, or yeah. this person didn't show up, or this person said this really annoying, uh, mean thing, and I didn't uh, contest it 
you know, mm-hmm. firmly and lovingly in the moment. And now I'm now I'm mad. So if I don't want to spend the rest of my day bumping and cursing under my breath mm-hmm. and maybe laying awake at night or maybe um, bringing it up a few times too many, you know, to the people that are nearby me, I want to just step aside, take 20 minutes out of my day, go into my private space and let them have it, mm-hmm. you know, all out. And then do the, the other steps of forgiveness. Step the anger, expressing the anger part is step two in our mm-hmm. eight-step method. And I want to go right into step one that says, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this out. I, I don't want to ruin my day about this. It was stupid, but I'm gonna I'm gonna move on. Okay, that's step one. Step two, I'm gonna release my emotions. I'm gonna picture that person there in the chair and I'm gonna go. Oh, my God, you have some nerve saying that. Who the hell do you think you are? F you. F you. I hate you. You know, you did that last time. And, you know, I've had it with you. I'm not going to have it again. I'm just yelling at this imagined person in the chair. And then I'm going to, when I feel a shift inside, huh, okay, that felt good. I'm going to say, well, what was I expecting? And I'm going to yeah. go to step three and release that expectation. Wow. Yeah. So there's there's a few more steps. They don't take long. but And when you start learning how to forgive, at first it's like driving a car. You're, you're like, okay, now what's the clutch and the, and the brake thing? How does that go? Oh, how do I, how soon do I have to brake before the light? Hmm. You're thinking about it. You're practicing it. But after a while, it's automatic. So okay. if you live... The principles of unconditional forgiveness, as I teach them in my book, Unconditional Forgiveness, if you learn to live it, you just get better at rolling along, being very resilient, but noticing when uh, it's time to clean something up with yourself. Yeah, and I, you know, thank you for sharing both of those examples, because I relate more to the second part where two hours go by and I have to like really go, am I angry? You know, because I try to prevent myself from feeling it. But I also look to people like Fred, who can just, who are so in touch with it. And I think there is something extraordinarily healthy about just knowing you're angry when you're angry. Right. (laughs) And being able to move with it in a healthy and clean way. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, we're going to just take a quick break right now and hear from our sponsor. The Life Gets Better podcast with Mary Hayes Greco is brought to you by Unconditional Love. The energy and attitude of unconditional love. It wants you to thrive. And the new definition of forgiveness. Forgiveness is releasing an expectation that is causing you to suffer. All right. Well, thank you everyone for sticking with us to this point. We as you know, we said at the top, this is about giving people the tools so that they can apply them in their own life and their life can get better right now. And so whatever it is that's weighing people down, uh, whatever they need to address, Mary, you're here to help. I am. <laughs> I am because I like people. And people are so gorgeous when they're yeah. clear and full of their own soul's light. And we can all look around us in the landscape of people in our lives. And we know the people that are burdened with right. anger. You can see it on them. You can see them like a dark cloud or like uh, something that's turned into deep depression. Mm-hmm. Anger is is something, like I said, that we need to just move through, not live in. Mm. So if you know anybody that might benefit from hearing this discussion, please pass this podcast along to them. Um, so in terms of the steps, now you've talked about the, the eight steps and you've talked about number two being really our emotional truth. 
give me a sense of, of what you see when you're working with people in the workshop in terms of how they how they really, you know, what does it look like what and feel like? What does it look like? like? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I want to tell you a story um, that happened just yesterday in oh. this very office where we're <laughs> sitting because I do one-on-one work with people. And I really like what happened yesterday in my office uh, with my client, Jane. It's not her real name, of course, but with Jane because uh, I think it's, she was dealing with something that a lot of people deal with, and that is that she has a sister who all of her life has uh, done some thoughtless and mean things mm-hmm. to her. And now that they're grown-ups, they're both in their 50s, there's this backlog of oh. of resentment that's there. You uh-huh. don't even re- remember at first what all these little incidents are, but they're kind of piled up. And now here Jane is about to go to Thanksgiving dinner with her whole family, Mm -hmm. and her sister Susie's going to be there. And she knows from experience from other family dinners that Susie is going to be, uh, let's call her an attention hog. We all know those people at dinner or at parties that the whole room, they want the whole room to spin around them. Mm -hmm. You know, she's got a big ego, maybe an insecure self but but loud about it she's a show-off she's interested in having more power than other people she's got to have the biggest diamond and the the designer clothes and she's got to brag about her new car and her she's always kind of flaunting her material things and she it's Susie is is always commanding too much just breathing too much air in the room. Uh-huh. And it's annoying. It's this really great sunshine. It's great sunshine. She just wants to she just she wants to not go to Thanksgiving. She uh-huh. wants to say she what she tends to do is a little snide, snippy, uh-huh. cutting at Susie things, undercutting sort of things. Sneaky, yeah. sneaky anger. And so <laughs> she said, you know, God, I'm in my fifties. You know, Susie is a pain, but I'm gonna have her the rest of my life. She's my sister. Yeah. I know that she's a good person under all that, but oh, how am I gonna be in a room with her in next week at Thanksgiving? And so um so she came here because she's like, I I just Hate my sister. I got to get this out. So, so we set it up. We pictured, uh, we pictured Susie in the chair across from us, and we started going for it in terms of letting her have it. And what I like about this particular session is that one of the things that Jane and I did is we entertained a revenge fantasy. Really? Yeah. Because you know, you know oh, how dear. you, you know, yes. I know. <laughs> you don't even go there, do you? You don't even like get that far. You are really from a nice family, but. <laughs> But some families, you know, uh, some people, we, we're passionate and yeah. and and uh, power-oriented people. We want to just kill them, and we want to humiliate them. We want to get them back. Or, so she had this this kind of revenge thing that was going on. But yeah. she, it came out in these little snide remarks or little curt texts yeah. or little hinting at things. And she didn't want to do that anymore because she knew, oh, this is toxic. It's toxic yeah. in she me. She didn't like herself. She didn't like respect herself yeah. for doing that. So we thought, well, let's let's get this out. Let's okay. get it out for the for so the long haul. So here in the safety of your office. Here in the safety of this room, <laughs> I'm sitting next to Jane. We're p- picturing Susie across from us, and we have step one, which is okay. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna forgive her. She is who she is. I'm gonna let this go. I'm gonna find a new way of being with Susie at yeah. family events. Okay. Check. Step one. Step two, release your emotions just as they are. So she leans into this. She she pictures that she's talking to Susie, but this is a special circumstance. I mean, it's actually an empty chair. Yeah. And which she can say anything. She can say, you know what, Susie, I 
hate being with you. Yeah. The thought of seeing you next week is filling me with protectiveness and dread. Mm-hmm. I feel guarded. I feel resentful. I feel mean, you know, because I just know what you're going to do. You're going to do this and you're going to do that. And she began detailing that. Yeah. You're going to do this. And I'm just, oh, I, I can't stand it. So so she was saying, you know, you are so this and you are so that. And I remember the time that this and I hate you. Yeah. She started kind of warming up and letting those things out. Yeah. And then and what I, are you doing while well, this I'm is just, going on? I'm saying, yeah, what else? Oh, yeah. What else do you hate about that? Oh, that's that's outrageous. <laughs> Tell her how, ra- how outrageous that is. And she said, yeah, Susie, that's outrageous. Who does that? I hate you. She's yeah. getting this stuff out. Okay, so then I got this notion. I thought, oh, God, wouldn't it be great if, you know, we're at, you're at Thanksgiving and there's like 20 people there, right? And Susie's doing her thing and she's getting all the attention. She's being adorable and loud and making everyone look at her and listen to her all night long. How about if, you know, you clink your glass, like when you're doing a toast, and you stand up and you lift your glass, you say, everybody, toast, toast to Susie. First, let's all tell Susie, you're amazing. Oh, Susie, you're so amazing. And we exaggerated that. She's she's laughing. She's laughing and laughing. (laughs) I said, okay, and now, everybody, toast. I propose that Susie sits down and shuts up. What do you think, everybody? Raise your glasses to Susie. Sit down. Shut up. Oh, my God. Jane was laughing and laughing and laughing. And laughter is healing when uh-huh. you're dealing with yeah. uh, being mad at someone who's a power monger. You know, to, yeah. to kind of laugh at it. It was like, woo. She laughed and laughed and laughed. And we started picturing um, throwing <laughs> the buttered artichoke across oh. Across the, the banquet table at Susie's. I said, good, good. You know, and I was giving her soft things to throw, pillows. Mashed potatoes? Yeah. Oh. I, you know, I, I recommend, I do this for elections, you know, when I'm watching yeah. election results and I'm mad. I have a whole bag of sock, rolled up socks. I empty my sock drawer. And, and my friends and I sit there, and when someone says something really stupid, yeah. or during the debates, you know, yeah. the other side is making their points and we hate them, we pick up the sock and we fling it at the television because it doesn't hurt. We say, yeah. oh, shut up, I hate you. <laughs> we're flinging socks. <laughs> so we were flinging the artichokes, and we were telling Susie to sit down and shut up. This happened in about five minutes of shouting and laughing, mm-hmm. and Jane felt so released. Did she? She felt so... Uh, so uh, clear, much clearer. Yeah. You know? And then, and then we went on to step three, where we said, you know, Susie, I would really prefer that you would share the space, share the attention in the room, and that you would show a genuine interest in everyone. Yeah. But you don't. Mm-hmm. And I release that expectation okay. of you. Yeah. And Susie, and you take a minute with this. I'm kind of rushing through it, but you take a minute to kind of breathe, breathe, and go inside and. Okay, she's going to do that. That's okay. I'll be at peace with it. I'll let it go. And Susie, I would really prefer that you had some substance, that I was interested in, in being with you and getting to know, know you. Because she kept saying she's superficial, mm-hmm. materialistic and superficial. I prefer you had some spiritual substance, but you don't, mm-hmm. as far as I can see. And I release that expectation of you. I release all expectations that you are a woman I can really relate to. So you see how that goes. We yeah. went through, we, we did maybe like five or six yeah. expectations. And she's really clear on what those expectations are yeah. after getting so angry yeah. and giving voice to that. Well, this is my job as a coach that I'm listening and I'm yeah. saying, okay, she's saying she's superficial. All right, so what's the opposite of that? What is her expectation? Oh, she wants her to be someone who's yeah. real 
and she wants someone with substance that she can relate to. That's the expectation. Oh, she's saying that Susie does this. Okay, so what is the positive thing she's wishing for? Oh, this is the expectation. Okay. We, we state our expectation to honor our own values, right. but then we let it go. We okay. let go of our attachment to it. And then we reset our boundaries. Step four, we had Jane visualize that she had this bubble of, she liked to visualize it like sparkling golden light. Uh-huh. She's in this bubble of sparkling golden light. Yeah. She's connected to her soul. She is having pleasant conversations with a few people in the crowd. She is being in her own way. And she's just letting Susie be in her own way and, you know, giving her responsibility for its effect on others. Just, you know, that's your problem, Susie. It's, you know, if people don't like you, that's your problem. I'm mm-hmm. not going to, I'm not going to be your judge anymore. So she has restored her personal space. And then we go to step five, where she opens up to the universe for this to be a better experience. We don't know how. Okay. We don't know how it's going to be better, but we're opening up to your soul, higher power, God, the universe, whatever way you want to see this. I open up to be in a harmonious and more positive relationship with Susie on Thanksgiving. Wow. However that happens. So that's step five. Yeah. And then we go to step six, and we, we call in some healing energy to dissolve out of our body any tension we've carried. We've called in this loving, caring light from our higher self to comfort our heart Mm -hmm. and to um, heal our emotions. And we call in this light, this really uh, serene, detached, humorous even light for our mind to see this as kind of just almost like a television show. It's not really this big, heavy thing in my space anymore. We bring this cleansing light through the whole personality, and then we move to the next step, and we send them some. We send them some unconditional love, which wants all of us to thrive, which is available (laughs) for all of us. We send it through us and out to them, just the way they are. So she sent a little beam of light over to this imagined Susie in the chair. Jane sent her some some love and light, says, Susie, I send you this unconditional love, this little bit of goodwill, just the way you are, and I release you to be yourself. And I'm releasing myself from you. Mm-hmm. The things you do don't mean anything about me. Yeah. They don't... I, I'm not attached to that anymore. And the last, the final step is to see the good in this person that you're forgiving or to see the good in the situation or to see the good in the challenge that the, the situation challenge. has brought mm-hmm. you. So anyway, um, so at the end of it, uh, Jane felt just a lot calmer, more clearer and and happier, although she called me this morning and said she woke up with a deeper pot of rage there from like many oh, no. past, well, from many past things yeah. that... Uh, were pretty serious and that weren't present in her mind when we were working yesterday. So on the phone, I told her, okay, you know, here's a couple things. And she went and took a very hard, vigorous walk. Uh She went and shared in um, her 12-step meeting about, you know, how she she was uh, releasing this now. And she began telling the story again about the toasting and started laughing again. And once again, she released her expectation. She kind of got to a, a deeper nub of it because we didn't get it yesterday, she released her expectation that she could trust her, Mm. that she could ever trust this sister. Wow. Because she's not trustworthy. She gossips, she manipulates, she, you know, she's sneaky, a sneaky power broker with things like, you know, money and family things. And she isn't really trustworthy, but, but my client 
made peace with that. Now, that doesn't mean she's going to roll over and play dead if there's an right. estate to settle and she knows they're going to need to have a really darn good lawyer looking at everything. She knows that, you know, we're not going to have Susie settle the estate right. <laughs> because I, I don't trust her. But I don't have to worry about that because I'm not going to be a close friend with her. I can just smile at her across the room and try and see the good in her. It's amazing to hear the detail. I thank you for sharing the detail of that because it, it lets you see, too, that a situation that could be so confounding and so, I mean, overwhelming or maybe just big, like a ste- like sounds like Susie's a bit of a steamroller. Right. And but Big, the, big you can presence ha- you in can, the room. You can take responsibility for what you have responsibility for, which is how what you're expe- right. expecting around it. Right. So it's very empowering to hear what Jane went through and where it leaves her. I'll be curious if she gives you a report. About I can't wait to talk to her after Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> We've agreed to check in with each other because, you know, she did this Mondo piece of forgiveness work yeah. yesterday, and then she did one more piece of it today because yeah. it was like a facet that we didn't get to. And that's that's often the case, that forgiveness happens in layers. Yeah. That you, you forgive what's present right now in your mm-hmm. brain, and maybe three days later, oh, this thing. You know, I forgot to talk about this yeah. thing. You just take that one thing then and work it through the eight steps. It'll take you 10 minutes, and you're good. You're good oh, to go. So and amazing. in the future, when the person does something, a new improved terrible version of their <laughs> behavior, <laughs> you just smile to yourself and say, oh, okay, <laughs> and you forgive that thing. And then yeah. you, you continue to make decisions around how and when and how much you interact with them. Wow, that's very cool. Well, we would love to hear from you, who the, you who is listening to this right now. And if you want to send us an email, you can send it to forgivenesstraining at gmail.com. And as I mentioned earlier, please share this podcast with anyone that you think might benefit from hearing, hearing these stories and hearing this method, this, these steps to freedom. They always work. The eight steps to freedom, the eight steps of forgiving another person are reliable. They always, always work Mm. to give you relief. You can't say that about a lot of things, but I've been using it for 25 years with thousands of people, and my mentor, my teacher, used it for 25 years before me with thousands of people, and it's it's just amazing. It it really, uh, she managed to see what we need to do to forgive Mm -hmm. and to uh, find a way of teaching that to people. Road tested. Road tested. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's great. Um, I want to also mention that coming up on our next podcast, uh, it is all about give yourself a break, the importance of self-forgiveness. Self-forgiveness is the most important task we have Mm -hmm. in our emotional health. Okay. And it's it's, uh, the harder one. Okay. It's a difficult (laughs) one. So... Uh, I'm really glad we're going to address that soon. That's great. I can't wait. Um, Thanks so much for joining us today. You've been listening to Life Gets Better Now podcast with Mary Hayes Greco. Many thanks to our sound engineer, Daniel Zamzow. For the Life Gets Better Now podcast, I'm producer Aaron Warhol. And I'm Mary Hayes Greco. See you next time. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun.